Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. God, as we walk through the world each day and we see many self-centered visions of life, we are tempted to everything for short-term gain and to give no thought to eternal glory. We ask you, O Lord, to give us the courage to live by your grand vision and not the small visions of this world. Keep our hearts ever focused on Christ, the one through whom you revealed yourself to the world. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew. Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. The Word of God for the people of God. So if you're like me, uh, you may have spent an undisclosed amount of time watching a certain baseball team uh, completely own all the other teams uh, <laughs> and stay up way past your bedtime uh, for a number of days in October. And uh, it was a joyful ride, but I found myself asking a question, right? They, they wrapped up, I guess we went into November, right? Then I was like, what do I do with myself now <laughs> that there's no more baseball to watch, right? What do I do with my weeknights? I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. Um, and I, I ran into a similar problem, uh, a little conundrum, after we wrapped up this season of uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, so religiously, we, we would gather around the altar, sorry, I mean, I mean we'd gather on the television uh, on Sunday evening and, uh, and partake in the spectacle that is Game of Thrones. And when it wrapped up, I found myself wondering what to do with my Sunday nights. Uh, what the World Series and Game of Thrones have in common is that they both filled my schedule. They filled my free time and I chose to partake in those activities over others. I'm not attempting to make vast moral claims on baseball or HBO in this sermon. What I am saying is that I chose those things over, say, reading, or standing and painting my boat, or restoring my grandfather's bicycle. Because in our lives, we have time, and we fill our time with tasks and things appropriately. Some of those things are things we value, and some of those things are things that simply take up space. So if you're just joining us uh, in the middle of this series, we're in a series called Making a Difference, where we're talking about what it means to be kind of full stewards of our lives. And today we're talking about our priorities and our time. How do we make a difference with our time and our priorities? So if we were to take a snapshot of America and assess what we value by looking at how we spend our time, how we prioritize our schedules, I think we would have a fairly bleak and confusing picture I wonder what percentage of our time is spent on our phones, emails, or social media. I wonder what percentage of our time is spent in traffic or commuting. I wonder what percentage of our time is spent working jobs we hate so we can buy things we don't need. I wonder what percentage of our time is spent squandered in boredom. Did you know in Hebrew there's no word for boredom? Isn't that interesting? 
God's chosen people don't have a word for boredom. Maybe that can tell something about our priorities and how we spend our time. The temptation in America, it seems, is to go faster, do more, create, busy oneself and make all the money, be all the things to all the people, do all the things, all the time, because more is always better, bigger is always better. More shows, more sports, more technology, more hours worked, more money, more things. And there will always be more, because we are pulled in a million directions. The question for most of us as we consider making a difference is how can we make a difference in our lives with the time that we have? Because if you want examples of failed priorities, I'm sure you have them, I have them. I have them by the truckload. Since elementary school, I've struggled with prioritizing play and relationships over schoolwork. I've struggled with putting my prayer life first. I've struggled with keeping date night on the calendar with my wife. It seems to get swallowed up by work or friends or other things that I just allowed to encroach on it. We've all failed to prioritize appropriately in our life at one time or another. And it's because we have so much vying for our attention. We have so much tugging at us saying, me too, me too, schedule me, schedule me. And this isn't a new problem, right? This isn't a 21st century problem. I recall in Jesus' ministry, as told in the Gospels of our scripture, that oftentimes the disciples are looking for Jesus. And they can't seem to find him. <laughs> they don't know where he went. They have a question to ask him. They, they need to debate some sort of theological issue. Uh, but they can't find him. Because he's out in solitude. He's out praying. He's out resting. Our passage today comes from the book of Matthew. Matthew writes... Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What we can learn from Jesus, if Jesus is to be an example for our lives, and what Matthew is telling us is that one of the many things we need to seek after, read, prioritize, what we need to seek after, what we need to prioritize, is God's kingdom and God's righteousness. It is after we seek after God's kingdom and God's righteousness that all their stuff falls into place. And now you're still wondering, why did I put that table there? Right? Maybe not. <laughs> Go back one for me. Thanks so much. Okay. So, our life can be seen a couple different ways. And when I saw this first, I was amazed. I thought it was helpful, right? Maybe you'll find it helpful as well. Consider your life is like this tote. Right? And there are all things, it's a metaphor, your life's not really a tote, I promise. Uh, or maybe it is, and it's too real, right? It's clear and void of objects. Uh, but these blue balls perhaps can represent important things to us, right? We might say they represent, um, I don't know, uh, family, right? That could be important. Uh, maybe this one represents uh, your faith. And maybe this one represents your, your vocation or kind of that thing that lights your inner fire, your inner passion, your, your desire, your work, your ministry, whatever you want to call it. So, let's set those things here. These are important things. And then, um, these little guys right here, these represent, uh, I don't know, what could they represent, right? Little dings on your phone, maybe? The little red notifications? Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, that meeting that got rescheduled? Something like that? What do the baseballs represent? They represent baseball, clearly. <laughs> right? <laughs> And so baseball, you know, sports get in our lives. Uh, they schedule things like that, right? And then um, we have a whole bunch of other things that sort of vie for our attention in life, right? Doctor's appointments, 
business meetings, uh, oh goodness, children, <laughs> um, you know, all, all those things. Only, yeah, let's grab the loose child. We'll put him back where he belongs. Yes, that's good. Our tasks, right? And then we're like, oh man, there, there were uh, important. We had play dates scheduled. Yeah, we had emails to write. We had phone calls to make. We had that business meeting that we had to reschedule. We got double booked, right? Uh, and then, um, yeah, I was supposed to be home and have dinner with my family. And then, um, yeah, I, I still have this inner passion, this desire, this vocation, this calling, this burning, and that. I don't, know, I don't really know what to do with that. And then, and then my faith. <laughs> I have this thing, God, and I, I, I'm a Christian, and I should go to church. And so we kind of try to get it, <laughs> you know, tucked away in our life, right? And we uh, try and make it fit. And we're like, this, this just isn't working. Why do I always feel like I don't have enough time with my family? I don't have enough time to pursue what my calling is, what God's calling. I don't have enough time to, to pursue prayer. I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't understand why I don't have enough time. Maybe it's because we're going about it wrong. Maybe it needs to be flipped around just, just a little bit, right? What if we took all those emails, right? We took the, the little messages that ping us back and forth. We took the, the meetings that get scheduled, the phone calls, all those to-do lists that you're constantly writing and rewriting. Whew. Yeah, we gotta clean up the, the playroom. <laughs> or we have to do all these things. These are important things for sure, but as you can tell, there's a lot of them and they, they take up our time. They cloud our tasks and what we're excited about. So what if we took them and we said, you know what, we need to do, we need to schedule and prioritize our life differently. What if, and I promise if you do this in your own life, it will take time. <laughs> It'll take time to reassess what's valuable and how it goes and how it works, but what if we what if we did it a little differently, right? What if we said, you know what, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put my family, and I'm gonna put God, and I'm gonna put sort of that inner burning and calling first. I'm gonna take the, the small stuff that gets in the way, I'm just gonna work that in, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will follow after. Baseball and sports, can't forget about that. <laughs> So it goes in, that's important, right? We value cooperative play. And then we take sort of all those other things. The children, the children <laughs> still run away, the playground, cleaning all that. It takes a village. <laughs> You got it? Can you put it in, Connor? Thanks, man. It takes a village. And we just reshift our priorities a little bit, right? And all of a sudden, the same amount of stuff fits. And all we did was change how we approached our schedule, how we approached what we prioritized. So what is our takeaway from that? When, when this illustration is done for children, uh, a lesson they often speak to is, what I learned from this is that there's always more room for things to do. <laughs> so 
usually what they say, which is clever, but not ultimately true. The lesson I think we all know to be true is, one, you're going to run out of time, and you're weak. Two, most of us spend our time on urgent, sort of pressing matters instead of what is ultimately important to us. And three, ultimately important things have to be scheduled first. And it's like what Covey said in his book, the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. So, it is here, after we've experienced this together, that I think we need to take a stand. When we consider how we are making a difference with our whole selves, when we consider what it means to be a good steward of our time, of our whole life, we need to stop the glorification of being busy. Because we don't have time for it. An ancient Jewish text called the Talmud gives us this piece of wisdom. Do not say, when I am free, I'll pursue wisdom. Perhaps you'll never be free. So if our time is limited, if we need to sift through the urgent stuff and get to the stuff that ultimately matters, the stuff that is ultimately important, and we all agree, maybe just perhaps, that God <laughs> is important. This raises the question for us as a faith community. It's really hard to read. <laughs> but it's actually kind of telling, right? How do you prioritize God? How do you prioritize God? Well, we do this a couple ways, and this is your takeaway for today. This is where the rubber meets the road. As someone who has struggled with this and continues to struggle with this, here are some things for your consideration that I have found helpful, and two things, because three is too many, right? You, you won't remember all three, and one, you'll think I'm slacking. So uh, I'm, gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two, two things, two takeaways. The first is schedule rest. You have to schedule rest. And this may seem silly to you, uh, but we often forget that Sabbath or rest is one of the Ten Commandments. We need time apart from our work. And now some of you are skeptical, right? I get it, and you're asking the question, why? Why do I need time to rest? Why do I need time away from my work? Uh, there's overtime to get at the plant. Right? I have projects mounting up. When I'm working three part-time jobs, why, why do I need to rest? Simply put, we need to rest because when we don't take time apart from our work, our identity becomes our work. Our identity becomes what we produce, what we create, what we do. And it's difficult to seek God's kingdom first when we seek our work first. It is not that work is not important. It's one of the first couple commandments that God gives Adam and Eve, tend the garden. No, work is holy and sacred, and there's nothing wrong with it. But it has to be matched with rest, so we can seek after other things. Second, we can ask this question, the very simple question. When we're looking to prioritize God, when we're looking to find God, we ask the question, where is God in this? When we are working, we can ask, where is God in my work? When we are at school, we can ask, where is God in physics? Where is God in geometry? Where is God in literature? When we are playing a game, we can ask, where is God in the joy of a game, in the competition of chess? Where is God in all of those things? When we are preparing dinner, we can ask, where is God in this food? Where did this food come from? Where is God in this? When we are cleaning and organizing and straightening, we ask, where is God in this? We can ask, God, show me yourself in these things. Reveal something about you in my daily 
tasks. And this is a way that we prioritize our relationship with God. Now, I might contend that God is already present in all of those things. We just need eyes to see God and ears to hear God. So as we go from this place, may we be the people who seek after God's kingdom and God's righteousness by finding rest. And may we look for God in all that we do and ask ourselves where God is in our daily tasks. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.